Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Hey, and welcome to another edition of the Wretched Hive Podcast. My name is Steve Baldwin, Evitz Nudlob backwards, and you have found the source of the Book of Boba Fett reviews. This week we've got Season 1, Chapter 5 to talk about. And joining what? me... What's the Book of Boba Fett backwards, Steve? Is the, the Tef Oba Fa Cobb. Uh, we've got the whole clan... <laughs> I can read backwards. Uh, joining us tonight, we've got Greg, Dave, Scott, and Nico. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Which hey. one of us is muted tonight? I'm just curious. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, that, this this is the way. Yeah, this is the way. This is the way. This episode. Wow, I I, I cannot wait to get your take on this, guys. Season one. Chapter 5 of the Book of Boba Fett, titled The Return of the Mandalorian, written by John Favreau, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. I want to take you back 13 days, is what I want to do. I want to take you back yep. exactly 13 days, and somewhere in the city of Burbank, in a, in a conference room somewhere, there was massive, massive panicking. They say, how do we save this show, guys? Because... The Wretched Hive just completely shat upon episode three. How do we save the show? You know what? Less Boba Fett. That's how we save the show. <laughs> right. Less? So, you mean no Boba Fett? None. So I'm, I, I'm just going to throw it out there. I looked on IMDb today just to satisfy myself mm. on this question. And we are not the only ones that shat all over episode three from the episode ratings on IMDb. Oh. That thing took a, a oh. stock market level nosedive. Yeah. But the Disney three. Lucasfilm... Lucasfilm Brain Trust listens to this show and gets their ideas from us. I don't know if yeah. you knew that, Dave, Clearly. but it is a fact. It is a proven fact, and I know it. I know oh, it's that, a fact. That is it, true. They they only got four fifths of, of thirteen days ago though, because Steve was <laughs> muted that night. Well, not that's right. Not only that, not only did they turn away from Boba Fett to save the book of Boba Fett, but they turned towards Bryce Dallas Howard. We have to give credit where credit is due. Of course, uh, actress, director, producer, uh, most well known from. You know, by Star Wars fans is, of course, having directed two episodes of The Mandalorian, um, episode four, titled Sanctuary, which was which was face the, it, the shittiest yeah. episode of the yep. first season. Was I was just going to say, which was not her fault as the director. In some fairness, mm -hmm. and then episode eleven, which is uh, the heiress. Which was great. Which yes. So are we gonna episode. on a technicality now say that she's directed three episodes of The Mandalorian? Yeah. <laughs> I was coming in strong tonight, guys. That's I'm a like, good um, hey, I think I watched the entire wrong show because I caught the new <laughs> season of The Mandalorian, which yeah. was yeah. fucking amazing. So pretty, pretty, so pretty sure this was Mandalorian season two point five, episode <laughs> one. That's what right. I'm pretty so, sure. Yeah, she, she this is literally the most cinematic thing we've seen in quite a while. It just it it felt like a Star Wars movie watching it this morning on my big screen TV. It was just gloriously done. You know what? It, it was so much fun. And it was. It was like watching an old Star Wars film, but it also felt, and we'll get to it, like American Graffiti. There was a moment in there where I'm yes. just like, we'll, and we'll, we'll And we'll get to that, but you had the same thought I did, and I'm sure Steve will walk us through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's walk through, as we are wont to do, uh, plot point by plot point. Let's break this episode down. We start in what is essentially like a meatpacking facility. I'm going, this kind of looks... I think, it actually, I think it's literally a meatpacking facility, not <laughs> it, essentially yeah. a meatpacking facility. Did it, to, did it look a little... Just that Nick right now. Was it a little earthly to you? I mean... It was very Sopranos with a science fiction setting. Like, you, okay. you would expect to see Tony Soprano mm -hmm. in the back of that place. As yeah. opposed to another alien, but but yes, we have the Mandalorian. Yes, on the case, Din, Jaren, and right and away. For the record, if more OSHA inspectors looked that way, I think it would cut down on workplace safety violations. 
<laughs> no doubt about it. I could have sw- I could have sworn the guy he was hunting for was going to be Vincent D'Onofrio, who we just saw as Kingpin in the uh, in the yeah. Hawkeye series. <laughs> I could have swore, but it turns out it was not. So yeah. no, it was a pug. So we've got aliens working and walking through, and Din Djarin makes his way to the back, and he says, "I'm here for Kaba Baez. He's got a tracker to prove who he's looking for." He's uh, looking for uh, Clatonian. He's Clatonian. Is uh, I had to look it up. I did not know that by heart. Clatonian. Clatonian. Was Steve? Clatonian, like Clatu Verata Nictu. What, what, Dave? <laughs> I'm just making the obvious joke. All right. Um, guy says at the table, "That's not me. It doesn't even look like me." Meanwhile, he looks like, to your point, Nico, a pug. Um, I uh, I love the line, the Mandalorian. It's like his tagline now. Uh, I can bring in warm or I can bring in cold. And then, of course, we get the Darksaber. Oh, yeah. How cool was that? This, and there, there's also a great yeah. moment where he's just like looks around the room. And he's like, I don't have any quarrel with any of you. Y'all can walk out the door right now. And I, yeah. I, I thought and Greg and, and Scott can check me on this. That was like a classic 80s Wolverine moment. Like if Logan walked into a room and was surrounded looking for somebody, Logan would be like, I don't have a problem with anybody else in here. This is your chance to leave before we get down, before I take care of business. Yeah. yeah. There was something else that it compared it to Civil War before they get in the big fight with the in the elevator. Steve Rogers says yeah. to all the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents in there, anybody want to get off? <laughs> <laughs> Now's your chance. Um, or not Civil War, Winter Soldier. Sorry, it was Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier I, I was yeah. so excited I didn't even care you got that wrong. It was so good. Was so so good. love love that fight scene, and I love that it culminated with him actually cutting the guy in two. Because, you know, they always kind of pull back on that, like, okay, he's going to do the right thing here. He's not going to do what he's actually threatening to do. And he just takes the guy out, desk and all. Well, well he, fantastic. he was slicing and dicing people like a sous chef back there. <laughs> I mean, there was an initial thing where I'm like, oh, the Darksaber is cutting through the, the meat on the hook just to show us that that's what happens. And we're not going to see him actually. Oh, wait, wrong. He cut somebody up. Oh, he cut somebody up again. Oh, now he cut them in half. Yeah. And of and course, we- and, and, and in a call, call back to last week's conversation, the Darksaber also cauterizes wounds, so you don't have to worry about exploding body pieces or limbs or anything like that. So right. no blood, not a single drop of blood was spilled the entire well, time. Well, it's funny because you say that, but then at the very end of the, the fight sequence, he lobs the dude's heads off, you know, yeah. allegedly, mm-hmm. puts it in a bag, and the bag's all covered in blood. Oh, was it? I didn't notice that. The yeah, bottom, was, the bottom uh, of it was covered in like a green blood. It was I'm dripping. Assuming. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's possible that was like something that was wrapping like the bleeding meat in, in the in the plant. Mm. I mean, that I see, meat looks like point, it was red possible. blooded. Yeah. And, and, and I'm the guy who was only like 75% paying attention to the show just because that's what I do. And I thought when, <laughs> when Mando hits himself in the leg with the saber, I actually yeah. thought... Somebody finally learned to shoot him where there's not fucking armor on his body. <laughs> right? I had the same thought. The guy's not like Iron Man. He's not covered in armor. Yeah. Um, I, I love that like he the, says... The armor is just laser blast magnets because nobody hits anything but armor. <laughs> Even it only covers like three square inches of his chest. Well, well if, yeah. if all he's ever fighting is stormtroopers, that's probably valid. You don't really need body armor in that scenario. <laughs> I do love that that Din Djarin is is he's honorable and he's smart. He walks out and he says, you know, if you do me the honor of letting me pass, you can take what you feel you deserve from your former employers. He just he manipulates that group into letting him go out, uh, letting him leave uh, safely. Love hold it. on, hold on. You hold that thought there for a second, Steve, because I've got a I've got an issue and a point to make on this one. I don't think so. He was honorable during the, the first two seasons of Mandalorian. Look what he just did. He just slaughtered that entire room. Now, they wanted to kill him. I get it. But when he says his famous line, that's a callback to the very first episode of Mandalorian Season 1. And what do we know? If you're not coming in alive, you're coming in cold. Right? But if you look at a ship, it's filled with all these carbonite people. So he's freezing people. He's not cutting their heads off. Yeah. So... He's a little brutal in this moment. Well, is- this this was a little bit of a Han shot first moment for me. Like, okay, he's something to fear. Like, yeah. he is a badass. He will he take you out. He will cut you in half. And you don't mess with Din Djarin. Yeah. He's someone you can hire to kick some ass. 
which is he's uh, he's the muscle. I'm just going to throw it out there. He's, he's the, the muscle. muscle. Yes. So then we get the title card. Right. Then we get the title card. Like I I don't know if you guys had any any idea the Mandalorian. Uh, uh, aside, aside <laughs> season two point five. Aside from the little clue that we got at the end of chapter four, when we hear the music at the end, you know, and I think we talked about that last episode. We yep. they g- gave us a little hint, and one of you, I think, might have been you, Scott, that said, "Okay, that's a clue." Um, I had no idea. I didn't know what the title of the episode was, so it was nice to get the title card now. Because obviously the title of the of this episode is the Return of the Mandalorian, so that would have spoiled it. But um, yeah, was was great. Um, beautiful shot of the the. I don't know what the name of the city is. Did anyone catch the name of the the Ring City in space? Yeah, it's called Halo. It's from a Microsoft <laughs> Xbox game circa two thousand one. <laughs> I don't care if they copied somebody else's creativity. Am, am I? It was beautiful. Crazy? And yeah, you know, no. play games. It's a good call. Me out here. That's a good you call. You know what's funny in in the Halo games? I'm pretty sure they don't even call them <laughs> Halos. They call them Ring Planets. Uh, yeah, I don't. My kids are big Halo. I know, Greg. I know yours are were, are too. Um, I'm gonna have to ask Josh about that. Um, I know you've played yeah. a lot of Halo too yourself. It's been a long no. time. No, I never played a never played oh, a single really? minute of Halo. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I did, I did Halo Three, but it's been such a long time I can't remember. Okay. So. All right. Trust anyway, me, it's the, directly from Halo. Okay. Yeah. The shot is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it's it's great. Mando is limping, so he's clearly you know he's injured. Uh, love the little bit in the elevator where you know they get in the elevator. They he just exchanges looks with the alien that's in there. Uh, just a small little. Ha- the the pacing of this episode was great. I just loved the. They just it just seemed to take its time in the right moments and just pause at just the right moments and action at the right moments. It just felt good. And and I do feel like that's because they, they've kind of found their voice and their tone and their shtick, if you will, with Mandalorian stuff. Mm-hmm. They're they're still getting their feet under them with Boba Fett, and that's why it, it, it gets a little clunky sometimes. But with this, it's like, oh yeah, we know how to do this. We yeah. know how to do a Mando in the elevator bit. Like everybody everybody gets it. Right. You got the returning director, Bryce Dallas Howard. You got John Favreau writing this thing. I'm sure Filoni had something to do with it, although I didn't watch the credits that carefully, but it felt like an episode of The Mandalorian, to your point. Well, like, all, all, all of the history is straight out of Filoni's mind. So oh, the yeah. stuff we get to later yeah. on is, is all is all stuff that was in The Clone Wars that they're summing up for the, those of us who have not watched it. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Are, the oh, Mando, yeah. are the Mando fans just going, like, flipping out over this episode? I can't wait to see the online reaction to this. Like the Mandalorian yeah, mercs and all those guys. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Oh, yeah. All the history. Yeah, the, this, the this pl- is what we call a mythology episode in the X Files. When, when you see the <laughs> yeah. siege or whatever the, of of Mandalore, oh, oh my god, the night of a thousand well, tears. We're not there yet, right? Yeah, yeah. There we'll yet. get there. We'll get we'll, there. <laughs> let me, let's do a quick little sidebar for a second, real quick, because they love including all the different trilogies. The alien that's in the elevator with Mando oh, is you. a is a call to uh, the new sequel trilogy. That mm. is a Force Awakens alien from one of the bar the, the bar scene or something okay. like that oh okay Maz, yeah. Maz Kanata's bar yeah mm. okay so they're th- they're trying to make all these tiny little connections I, I that's do great. appreciate that I do love the connections that's great yeah um, alright so uh, Mando delivers the Clatoonian's head to the the alien that was speaking Hatiz sorry again I didn't catch the name it's an issue tip an issue tip. All right. Um, Mando. You'd see uh, a doctor about that. Don't scratch it. <laughs> got an itchy tip. This is where, where I need oh, to know shot. where the, clear that right up. I need to know where the closest access shaft is to the substrata. Uh, he leaves the head behind and says, I'll put, I'd put that on ice. If I were you great. <laughs> that line never works for me, by the way, if I need the closest entrance to the sub, <laughs> substrata shaft. <laughs> you should try that. It never this, works this weekend. So You've been saving that all day, haven't you? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, <laughs> it just writes itself, doesn't it? it just writes itself. 
Uh, he's clearly hiding pain from the leg he's wound. So pleased you know, when with he's himself, walking. too. That's what makes it so fun. <laughs> I'm, love, I'm watching Steve trying it back on track, and Steve just it's, can't handle it. And that just makes me laugh more. <laughs> it, it's my job. It's what I do. Um, I love Mando in the elevator, you know, wincing in pain. And then he, he's kind of tough and toughens himself up to walk out of the elevator to hide the pain. You know, it's, it's just great. Um, all right. He gets to the docking bay to the main level. He gets underneath the main level and sees the, you know, the hidden signs through his visor and he makes his way to the, the Mando like safe house. What do we call What do they call that thing? The, the coven, um, covert. The covert, yes, thank you. Um, the scale of the city as Din Djurin is walking through, you know, great, another great, great CGI. Um, he ends up falling down the stairs. Another Mando comes and tends to him, and that Mando is Paz Vizsla. That 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 name is should, who who we've seen who we've seen before. He mm-hmm. was he was on Navarro in in the other covert when it was much larger. Right. Um, yeah. And what I did not know is this one is is this uh, character is voiced by John Favreau, so that it's not the he's not under the armor, but the voice is John Favreau. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, he breaks out the dark saber and armorer. The armorer asks him, uh, "What? Well, actually, what weapon caused such a wound?" And he takes out the dark saber. And then we get a lot of the history here, a lot of the history and the dialogue with the dark saber. Uh, the armor explains the the empire last after all the talk of the empire it lasted only thirty years. The Mandalorians have lasted ten thousand, and they talk about the significance of the dark saber. Whoever yields it will rule all of Mandalorian. Mandalore, uh, Mandalore. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, one can defeat twenty, and the multitudes will fall before him. If it's not one in combat, however, we learn, and I think we've heard this before. Maybe we've learned it on. We talked about it. Or we've talked about it before? Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, If not one in combat, it will curse the nation of Mandalore, will be laid to waste, and our people will be scattered to the wind. So clearly this this significance of the the Darksaber is something of of great importance to the the culture of Mandalore. I know you're going to be bringing it up, but let's just get into it since you're talking about it, Steve. But um, she does, the armorer brings up the fact that what she describes right there is actually has happened with um, mm. the way that uh, Bo-Katan uh, right. got, got the dark saber was not out of combat. Um, and that has caused some problems in this whole concept of how that transfer of power or whatever, having the dark saber mm-hmm. allows you to rule um Sorry. Well, uh, she reflects back that Bo-Katan is a cautionary tale, right? That yes. she laid claim to Mandalore based on her bloodline and the dark saber, and only the only those that survived were were those that that walked um, uh, via the way. They followed the way um, and survived the night of a thousand tears, which we referenced earlier. Yeah. Uh, and that great, again, great shot of of the Tie Fighters bombing Mandalore. Just beautiful. Tie bombers. Tie bombers. bombers. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Oh, Dave, were you going to? No, say no, something? no. I was oh. just, I was just calling Steve out for misrepresenting what was happening. No in gorgeous clip. <laughs> we all have to do that. We have and to it, call them out all the time. Yeah, and it, it looked a little. It was a little reminiscent to me of like Cylon ships bombing the hell out of, uh, out of Caprica in the Battlestar Galactica reboot. That's a good call. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Steve, what I was real quick trying to mention was Bo-Katan did not win the Darksaber from combat with Darth Maul. Um, she had found it after... Who actually defeated Maul in that case? It was somebody else, right? It was Ahsoka, wasn't it? Or, am I, or is this something from Rebels? It's, I think it's from Rebels. Then I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, but that's what she's referencing when she's talking about that history of... Bo-Katan and how the whole bloodline she follows the blood and not the mm-hmm. true mm-hmm. Uh, transfer of power or whatever that was. So, but yes, I'm sorry. Let's get to the no. That's okay. Just because there's well, some killer stuff here. It's it's a good. It's important to note that also in that conversation, Mando reveals that he defeated uh, Moff Gideon and took the dark dark saber. So he did win the dark saber in in battle with Gideon. 
yeah. uh, who has been sent to the New Republic and to stand trial for his crimes. Which, by the way, none of the other covert seems very impressed with that outcome. I know. Right. They're like, okay, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Of course, with the way that the uh, the X-Wing patrols and the New Republic are handling things, oh. kind of wishy-washy. God, so I maybe love that they, scene at the end. <laughs> we'll get, they we'll know, get there. They know something's up. So, so good. Uh the um the armorer asks and and what of the spear where'd you get that spear buddy and uh he says it was given to him by a jedi uh and they talk about the spear she says uh beskar is not meant for armament it's meant for defense it's meant for um Body armor. armor. Body yeah. armor. Thank armor. you. It, 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 yeah, it's meant for armor, not weapons. Right. Yeah. And I love when she says the dark saber is a more noble weapon for you to to wield. Great. So he's clearly, she's giving him permission to continue to to carry the dark saber. Although, although, yes, the darts that shoot out of his wrist gauntlet are made of Beskar. Oh, they are must they? be. They wow, must, Greg well, they... is really that guy at the party, isn't he? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. Steve. And now the armor's like, shit, I didn't think of that, and goes off to kill herself because her life has no meaning anymore. <laughs> now she's going around just plucking darts out of all the fucking Mandalorians. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I can't wait for the, uh, the sons meme. sons of bitches. The meme, somebody does the voiceover, what about the darts that you made for me that are made out of Eskar, and just you know, have her go like, you know. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna come around full disclosure. I don't know for a fact that they're Beskar, but I'm pretty sure they are Beskar because mm. they came from the armorer. So. You know what they are? No, you know what they are? There, there's uh, you know those guns that you had when you were a kid with the little suction cup on the tip of the bullet. Oh yeah, that's what they're, that's yeah. what those they're, are. They're just, just they're just nerf. They're just nerf. Right yeah, um, that's right. She says, uh, "Well, what should I forge out of the spear?" And he well, says, clearly armor, just throwing it out there. Right. <laughs> Some, something for a foundling, a specific foundling. Some baby fucking Yoda Grogu armor is Grogu. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so not, I gotta, not just any armor, but some chain mail. So I want to ask a question. Ah. Do you think it is chain mail? Because that package is pretty small when it's wrapped up. Yeah. I'm almost wondering if he didn't have her make like a replica of the little doodad that Grogu was always playing with from the Razor, the Razor Crest. Didn't he take it with him? Yeah, the gear shift knob. Luke? The shift yeah, knob. Yeah, he, he gave it to him when he left with Luke. Okay. No, it's it's not, I'm just saying now. the package is the right size for something like that, as opposed to like a, a, some mithril armor for the Hobbit or something. I like think that. it's a little big to be that little ball, mm. and the way it moves isn't solid metal ball, right? Wrapped Agreed. in cloth. Did anyone notice the, the way it's wrapped? It kind of looks like Grogu. I thought yes. they missed out on an opportunity to have it wrapped in green cloth. <laughs> yeah, little that might have been a little on the nose for the marketing people, but mm. right. Yeah, mm, this is Disney marketing on the nose That's is exactly what they and, want. And by the way, I just want to throw this out here: if President Biden appoints Grogu to the Supreme Court, he will occupy that seat for a very, very long time. Just <laughs> throwing that years. out there. <laughs> Hundreds of years. Well, God damn it, Steve. I'm going to just say this. Greg may be that guy, but he is damn right. 100% right. Uh, did you look it up right now? Yeah, I did. The, oh. uh, the whistling bird darts are made 100% from Beskar steel and was made by the armorer. So, well, maybe I you only use them when you're in a defensive posture. Maybe I just the... would like to say that there's some contradictory stuff going on here. I hope that comes up in the show because I think that would be great if she's telling him you got to get rid of this awesome spear that you got. Oh, you can't take off your helmet, guys. Oh, you can't use it for weapons, guys. Oh. I want to talk I about. But I want to talk about taking off the helmet. You guys remind me at the end. Somebody remind me. Write okay. it down. All right. Okay, we got to okay. talk about taking off the helmet. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, cut to practicing with the dark saber. Right, um, Mando and the armor are practicing battling. This was with the a nice saber. little bit because mm -hmm. you know we've seen yeah. 
you know, people fighting with lightsabers and they just pick it up and they're like, oh, no big deal. La, la, la. It's nice to the, for them to show, hey, it takes some skill and you got to fucking know something how to wield this thing. It was yes. it, took, it took 40 fucking years to get there. But finally, somebody says, you know what? You just can't pick up one of these swords and just be a master at it. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's 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 complaining to her. He's saying it gets heavier. Not complaining, but he's just stating it gets heavier with every swing. And it looks like he's swinging a long sword. You know, like it weighs a lot. And I, I love how they did that. That was really cool. So, she says, you, you can't fight against the saber. Sorry, Dave, go. No, I was going to say, do you guys think that is something that's, that's specific to we're, we're finally establishing that lightsabers do take some actual professional training, you know, and, yeah. and people can't just do it? Or do you think that's something specific to the darksaber, which is a, a, admittedly a unique standalone lightsaber weapon in the Star Wars universe. There, there is more history, but I think it ties into the fact that, one, all the Jedi have to train up to a certain point to wield a lightsaber. They can't just be, like, born and be like, hey, look what I got, and just swing it around. Mm. They have to build the thing, and then they have to train with it to understand how to actually do it. It might not be the same, Dave, but I think there is some connection there. I was just, well, I would, And I wasn't asking the question like I knew the answer, just it... It occurred to me watching the show, they could be going either direction with it, and we just don't know yet. And with Jedi, um, the younglings, we know that they train with sabers, but they're not like full lightsabers. They're right. training lightsabers. So there's yeah. got to be something different about those. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's something that you kind of build up stamina to get to the point where you can use a full lightsaber. Well, and this is interesting, too. There is a difference between the light side and the dark side with the kyber crystals. So I'm always fascinated by that. And since this is the dark saber and the history, how far back it goes, was created by a Jedi Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. So I'm really curious because they brought that up and they did a great job, like Greg pointed out, of this training sequence. It really shows the weight of the sword, but I think it's more than just physical weight. That was my point. when, I was, like, That's what I was getting from it when I was watching it. I think there's got to be something more there. And if there is, look how easily Moff Gideon wielded the sword. Mm -hmm. So I'm real curious to see where that storyline might go. I, I think Moff is coming back. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. So sorry, Steve. I totally derailed that. But it was a <laughs> no. question that I had in my head. That's a good no, one. It's a, group. it's a great question. I love it. Um, it makes me think about Finn. I mean, Finn picked up the lightsaber in The Force Awakens and seemed to fight with it pretty easily. Although he did have some training as a as a um, as a stormtrooper. Uh, oh yeah, because the Mandalorian's professional experience as a bounty hunter doesn't add up to being a stormtrooper janitor. <laughs> That's true. He was a janitor. <laughs> and Finn talked some mad shit with that lightsaber, too. I mean, he didn't just he use did. it. He was mouthing off like Larry Bird in the NBA. <laughs> we well, did all he's Mace Windu's son. <laughs> we, did... <laughs> we, did... we did discover that he's Force-sensitive later in the... in the sequel trilogy also. So maybe that, who knows, maybe that had something to do with it. Um, all right. We, we... Then we have Paz Vizsla challenging... Dinjarin, Dinjarin, excuse me, for the dark saber, and uh, so there's this challenge made. I love the scene; they're facing off. They take their jet packs off. There was everything but a newspaper blowing between them. Right, right. that would have been great. Yeah, that was really cool. A digital space paper flying through. Yeah, but it's, it, it just gets back to how cinematic the whole thing really was. I know it's a TV show, but. It just felt like a movie, how it was staged, how it was shot, how it was edited. It was so freaking well done. And we, so and we, we got into why he challenged him for it, too. We got into the whys. Yeah. We, we, yeah, right. we, oh, we, we didn't talk about, about it right here. The, no, the, hilt, so. the hilt was forged by his um, ancestor. Ancestors. Tar, yeah, the founder Tarvisla. of his house. Tarvisla. Right. Yeah. Right. Who, who was a Jedi Mandalorian, right? Yes. Is that yeah, that's okay. what they said. And then um, he's also part of pre Vizsla, right? That's that's also his ancest, ancest ancestral the, line. The Vizsla right? line, that, yeah. House Vizsla, yeah. Uh, but it's funny because when it's also his dog. There's, there's a there's a point in in the in the duel um, where Jinjarin drops the saber, 
and Visla picks it up, and you can see mm-hmm. him struggling with it too. Mm-hmm. He comes talking some shit like, "Oh yeah, this is coming back. You know, it's coming home." And he picks it up, and you can see him struggling with the weight of the blade, and he's super right. slow with it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just in the family. That's definitely back to Dave's point. There's there's something about it where you got to learn how to use it. Yeah. All right. So Din Djarin ultimately wins that show that face off. Uh, and is asked by the armorer, have you ever removed your helmet? Uh, Vizsla says no, and Din Djarin tells the truth, and, and he says, <laughs> yes, sorry. I love the first time he asks, he just, you know, he kind of looks up, mm-hmm. and, and he doesn't say it, but he's like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, what? I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. My mic and my that, receiver but... went out. I, I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> All, all the way off, all the way off. And all she, way. she tells him, she tells Son him. Son of a bitch! You, doesn't she say you are no longer a Mandalorian? Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. full on. And you can only be atoned in the mines, the waters, of, the by, waters of Lake Minnetonka. I was going to say by, by purifying yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Right. That's right, Dave. But the, <laughs> the, the mines below Mandalore have all been destroyed, and she just like this is the way. Sorry. Visla yeah. says leave apostate. I love it. Man, yeah. so good. Great. Yeah, I wish I wish he was walking out and be like, excuse me, look at my whistling birds, okay? You just <laughs> kid what the hell? Yeah. You hypocrite. Exactly. So then So he, now so, so now he has a new quest, right? He has right. to go reclaim so, his status as a Mandalorian. Hashtag Mandalorian season three. There yeah. yeah. There you go. He will return to Mandalore with the dark saber. But before he does, he's going to catch a flight to Tatooine. A commercial Cap- flight, <laughs> Captain. Yeah, yeah he's flying say, commercial. We all, and, we all remember his ship got blown up, so he's got no ship. So he's got to fly commercial and stow all his weapons and everything and, like that. And, and this, unlike this... Coach Barry Switzer for the Dallas Cowboys, stow his weapons before he boards the craft. <laughs> <laughs> he's Captain Captain Rex. That was a, that was a deep cut. That was good. Was that there. was that was good. Captain okay, Rex is screening now, now, right. Last week we talked about it as well. Fan service done right, and the yeah. entire back half of this episode is fan service and everything. Completely. There's a reason why everything happens, and so it all makes fucking sense. Thank yes. you. Finally, they're they're doing what the fans want to, but actually creating a story and crafting a story around it, so it doesn't like just pop in for no reason whatsoever. Everything that happens here and the reason why he ends up in the place he is. All makes fucking sense. It was great. Yes, exactly. On your point on fan service, seriously, yes. if this if this TV show were a series of seven issue comic books, they would all be pretty well priced. But issue five so far would be the legit collector's item. Like everything yeah. else would yeah. be five ten dollars. This thing would be one hundred and fifty dollars. Oh yeah, that's a good yeah. call, Dave. I yeah, do. let's let's talk about the fan service real quick. We got a million things to talk about, but you, he's boarding. Please tell me you guys felt this way, but we we not only get Rex, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Doing the weapon storage thing. Did the whole sequence feel like you were in line for Star Tours the whole time? Oh, of course. It was really <laughs> kind of sad that they missed out on the opportunity to call the line that they were flying with Star Tours. Well, they, oh, they, yeah, they so could've. they don't say that, but there is a line that's very much right out of Star Tours where it's like the the. Yeah, Especially flight yeah, 2010 to, to Tatooine, that, departing yes. immediately mm-hmm. at gate whatever. Yeah. yeah, that that's where I was like, wow, is that a Star Tours reference? The white zone oh, is and, for and, unloading and, and I, loading I, only. I don't know if they're doing it Star Tours or if they're doing it Galactic Star Cruiser for the hotel in Florida that's opening up. I don't Fair know enough. which way they're going with that that's one. A good call. But it could, I, I, like, really, it could be either one. Okay, but but here's the funny part, and and just bear with me on this for one second as that's all happening and we're getting wrecks and we're getting the funny little moment with the gun storage and all the weapons. Yeah. You're seeing the people that are passing them up. There is a person that, okay, two things are happening. They're wearing an outfit that looks like it's from Hoth. It turns out that that is one of the, it looks like the snow troopers from the solo Han Solo movie, but it also looks like a character from star tours as they're loading. There's a problem. And like a Wookiee turns around and starts growling at somebody. I'm like, this is right out of Star Tours. I felt like I was watching the video <laughs> That's on the awesome. monitor. I'm like, I love this. And it works. It yeah. works for the moment. God, Greg, you nailed that perfectly, man. Seriously. I was fucking loving. I was loving this moment. 
I love the uh, the the Greedo kid sitting in front of him. That like every kid that ever sat in front of anyone on an airplane, you know, turns around and looks over the seat and waves at him. You know, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> like like little kids do. Exactly, um, it's great. And then Mandalorian shot him as you do with all Rodians come across. <laughs> <laughs> Bam! <laughs> and this shot is, first, no less. No this less. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> the uh, beautiful shot of the transport landing on Tatooine. It's a very brief shot, probably five seconds, but it's it's just gorgeous. They they really invested in the CGI in this episode, guys. They they did. It shows. And it's what makes it yeah. cinematic is these yes. little because say what you want about the prequels, but Lucas would blow like hundreds of thousands of dollars on these little like four second continuity shots just to show like, yeah, here's the ship landing. Here's the ship taking off so you can understand what's happening. But yeah. it looks so flipping real and so flipping good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Completely agree. Love it. All right. So we're on Tatooine. We finally make it back home to Tatooine. And we have uh, our our favorite um, mechanic slash um, babysitter, docking babysitter. bay yeah. sitter, babysitter, yeah, Pelimoto. And we get pit droids, and we've got R five, so we got the whole gang back in in docking bay, whatever that is there. And yeah. the the little droid that she sets out as bait for whatever the creature is that she's yes. looking to kill. Womp rat. That's, for the womp rat. That, yeah. yeah. I think that, the, find, that's the first time we've seen a womp rat, I think. Yeah. The yeah. the droid is it appears in the whatever the most recent Star Wars video game yep. with the kid that came out. It's not Force Unleashed, but I for the Force Unknown or something like Fallen, that. Whatever it was that came the out. Fallen Order. Fallen, Fallen, Fallen oh, Order. Okay. Thank you, yep. guys. Okay. Uh, cool. Yeah, there's... That, that droid pays, plays a very important role to the protagonist in that game. So, And, and I don't Got know it. if they did this on purpose, but the droid that is from that game has the same injury that the droid from the game has. Yeah, a little like, limp leg. The leg is limping, and it's moving along yeah. just like the droid does. So, so I thought that was a nice tribute to him, at least. The entire episode, I was just, like, grinning, like... I don't know. Yeah. I just had I I was this made this episode made me happy. It's just it, yeah. it, it's so Star Wars. But from here yeah. on out, I was like ear to ear. I was like oh. so stoked about what well, is about to happen. <laughs> give me one second. You, you, yeah. You're you're ear to ear with your grin. I was fucking almost crying, Steve, because <laughs> yeah. you guys gave me so much shit. Dave, <laughs> you're one of them, man about me in episode one and how much I loved it. And I was saying all this crap about it. I don't regret a goddamn syllable of it either. (laughs) I know, I know you don't. But here's the thing, that moment, that reveal, when you see what what she she brings to him. Right. I, it was beautiful. He's there for a replacement ship. Let's just set it up really quick. He says, where's the ship? It's this tiny little thing. She pulls off the the tarp and it's an N one Nabu starfighter in pieces, but clearly that's what it is. And, uh, that was a cool moment. That was really cool. It it was. And when they are doing the rebuilding and we yeah. show the Mandalorian scraping the paint off of it. So it's a different look. I swear to God, my first thought was Scott's going to have to buy a new toy. <laughs> <laughs> we've got, we've got Scott's hanging right there. Above it's gonna the look here in the it's gonna look different. It's gonna be the Mandalorian ship, and Studio Scott's gonna here. have to buy a new toy. Look at that. See, see yeah. my my thoughts during this immediately traveled to Dave, as they often do, just for other reasons. Yeah, but the reason the reason being, we talked just a couple weeks ago um, during the Vespa episode. Where the fuck do they get all this new shit and everything like that? And Dave put it on the head. This is a world where everything is scrapped together and everything's used. And that is what it is with this ship. They found the ship. They found the parts. They push it together. It's a little bit of everything. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's just all made with found items. And that's, you know, yeah. that's what Star Wars is, at least on Tatooine. That's you know what it was? And it's, and it's what Lucas's life was probably like as a kid growing up, 
right? This whole and, thing, and I yeah. was a little reminiscent of American graffiti and the car culture yeah. of the six, of the late 60s, early 70s, where you built this shit in your garage. In Central yes. California. I love okay. this whole, this whole, all of this dialogue here is so great. You can jump into hyperspace with no docking ring. It's a classic. I dated J a Jawa for a while. They're quite furry. That was creepy. Um, that was, that so was a little weird. All of it and creepy, by the way. And she made it work. That's why she but gets called back to the, the show. The whole thing yes. is just funny. That all of that, it's just great. Um, I know, just it wasn't it. the creepy line. It was the fact that she could talk to Jawas. I really like how yes. they made her do that, and it looks real, like convincing. She's funny. I love Amy Sedaris, but I honestly, that was convincing to me. The creepy thing I could have done without. But. <laughs> well, I, just, I also love how the Jawas are just like. Yeah, we find shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got a wish list? Just give it to us. Right. Yeah. Yeah, make a yeah. wish list. Yeah, at one point, doesn't she reference, like, um, after she references dating the Jawa, she says, um, the Jawa talks to her and she says, no, nah, I'm, I'm I'm working on myself right now. That's okay. Thanks. Thanks yeah. So. <laughs> like, the Jawa was hitting on her. But, but here's another thing that I wanted to point out. It, this whole moment that we're talking about, it's them in the garage. And yeah. I can't tell you how many times in my life I worked on old cars with my dad. And I'm sitting there watching this yeah. moment. Where like I worked on a '68 Mustang, I worked on a you know, uh, God, a '72 Firebird. I was working on all these cars, and you see this thing coming together, and it's not exactly how we saw it in the Phantom Menace. It is a hot rod. They're building mm -hmm. a car that's going to be modified, and it was sweet. In fact, when you look at it, the front, which was all chrome in the original, is now all kind of pieced together with good pieces and some not so good pieces and they have this modified air filter on the top which was just like oh, yeah. like a 65 or a 66 nova with a yeah. or like a camaro block. with the hole yeah. in the in the but hood like a, with the uh, yeah like a muscle car right yeah, yeah that's, it's a that's muscle a car muscle car exactly yes. yeah and and then while she's explaining it she says i got this special switch in here and all you got to do is just flip mm -hmm. this thing up and you are going to be jumping right into like hyperspace and i'm like you're going to vent your exhaust system. manifold if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> she hooked up a NOS system. In a, in a, in basically saying fighter. you're going to shit your pants when you watch it. You know? um, but again, but, I love how yeah. didn't ask the Jawas, like, hey, can you get this techno babble part? Uh -huh. Yeah. And then they come back with the episode and they have it. And, like, you know, they piece it together. They scrap it into the, the fighter. And now it's it's modified with the NOX, like a Fast yep. and the Furious car that Paul Walker drove in the original classic. Yep. Yeah. And it's ready to go. But that Please. actually, that line is important because that references the Pikes. She, there's yes. a connection there because she says, oh, they stole it from the bottom of the Pikes uh, cruiser or whatever while they were parked. Mm -hmm. And he says, yeah. oh, they're brave. And she says, ever since the Pikes have been running Spice, everyone's afraid of them. Everyone thinks the galaxy is going to hell. So there's, uh, again, another connection to what's going on in the mainstream sort of Book of Boba Fett plot line. So the other thing is, is the piece that they're talking about, while it connects everything to the Book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian, it also connects us to A New Hope because that is yes. the thing that Han Solo holds up. And, exactly. And I'm just like, son of a bitch. Yeah, it's in the trash compactor. It's the same yeah. sort of a tube. It's yeah. so good. Great, so great, good. great observation, Scott. Um, they build it, they roll it out, and I love when Mando is walking around it and he's admiring it. Like like you walk up to a Lamborghini or a really nice car and he's kinda of looking kinda of gets down at the at the level of the ship and he's looking at the lines, he's kind of admiring it, exactly like we would if we walked up to the to a ship like that. Yeah. Yeah. Bryce and the yeah. actors all nailed the car culture elements yeah. of, of this show. The, the vibe time. is unmistakable and strong and, and well deserved and earned. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she says, and did you notice that mm. they have a little modification to it? That little bubble in the back that's oh, where the, the size, where, where the yeah. astromech used to go. Yeah, and it's just gonna oh. be gonna be a little, little Grogu pod now. Grogu <laughs> pod. Good call. That's a really good call. Oh, how many ships is going to sell with him flying that thing and Grogu in the back? Come on. Like I All said, right. Scott's going to buy a new toy, especially if it comes with a little Mando action figure and a little Grogu to put in that thing. Oh hell yeah. Hell you know yeah. I will. Oh yeah, that thing's badass looking. Are you kidding me? I want one of them. She says, "Start her up." It's not turning over initially. F finally, it starts, and he, he says, does the sequence that Anakin did in the Phantom yeah. Menace to start the thing up. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's how many fucking times I've watched that stupid, pathetic movie. As I recognize <laughs> that this. great film. He, he it paid finally, off, Dave. He it says, paid off. Shouldn't we run a diagnostic first? Like, nah, no. 
He's flying it around. Now, he's flying it around Tatooine on the same track that they did the pod race from episode one. I well, mean, it's, it's, be- it's Beggar's Canyon. It's Beggar's which, Canyon. Beggar's has, Canyon, yes, exactly. right. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, and they yes, the, the pod race takes, goes through it in, yeah. in episode one as well. Yeah. It's so fantastic. Did anybody else say it'll be just like Beggar's Canyon back home? <laughs> oh, yeah. Did anybody else say that <laughs> yeah. out loud while they were oh, yeah. watching it? Yeah. So it, what I the first thing I noticed was when it hits the turn where all the kind of like little huts are in the side of the canyon, Yeah. that's mm-hmm. where we see Aura Sing for the first time in mm-hmm. the pod race. But it's also the ramp that launches Anakin with the scene. Yes, and you see the ramp. You see the ramp there in the in the in the in the scene. Yeah, they they put it back in. So and it's can... totally destroyed where he busted mm-hmm. through the gate. It they never fixed yeah. it. So I'm like, yes, <laughs> continuity. Uh, he says it tracks like a rail fighter or rail a uh, rail freighter. You know, like it corners like it's on rails. I I, I love that good line. Pre- good yeah. pretty woman pull. Yep, that's uh, good. That's good. Your masculinity is strong. <laughs> uh when he takes it up to see says let's think what this can let's see what this thing can do he pulls it up and he takes it into space just fucking brilliant i just love yeah. flying through the clouds and into space that was just amazing uh he flies by the uh the transport the 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 um, so, commercial so ship i will say for a test flight i did have this moment where i was like well, I hope that jetpack is fueled and ready to go in case he needs it. If this thing conks out, it is a test flight. And just as an earlier thing to go back, when he flew the commercial flight and they made him take every weapon off, he kept the jetpack. And all I'm saying is, give me a match. That jetpack's a weapon. It is. <laughs> Let's see you fly United Airlines 67 to Chicago with a jetpack. Just, I'm just saying, on. Hashtag, hashtag TSA. That's all I'm saying. Yep. Um, great sequence there and he's kind of flying it around and he's testing it out he's waves at the at the uh rhodian kid and uh he's he's pulled over guys he's pulled over by the two x-wings he does does spinning and again i said out loud we'll try spinning that's a good trick (laughs) (laughs) um i love the sequence between mando and the two x-wing pilots the two Republic officers. Was I doing something wrong, officer? I mean, how now, many times the, have we been pulled over? And it's like the the older one was seen last season. Yes, and and I think he was also going to be part of that Rangers of the New Republic show, which was to have Gina Carano, which is now I think on the shelf. But did anybody recognize the other guy? Because yep. the X-wing pilots are always somebody famous. Yep. Or right, who is the other guy? I didn't. I didn't catch. I, I that. heard a rumor. I didn't get a chance to chase this down. So if Scott is confident. I'm. I'm interested in his answer. I'm just gonna say it. What I think. What I know it is. But I'm gonna call it in a weird way. That's Luke Skywalker. I. I oh, heard. is it Sebastian Stan? No, I, no. I heard it was Luke's Luke's stand-in or stunt double. from recent work that's what i heard i haven't had a chance to chase that down yet it's the actor who played him in the final episode of season last man the last mandalorian do we think that is actually luke that's well no on patrol no no. no. they they had an actor stand in on set sorry for for mark hamill that doesn't make any sense okay yeah yeah and and he does he does bear a passing resemblance to mark hamill um but okay yeah that makes sense because like i say it's been and and when i say famous i don't mean like you know it's been like brad pitt being one of the x-wing pilots like they had three directors be x-wing pilots dave filoni being one of them right um and but they're always somebody who's involved in the production except for that one guy who like i say i think they had plans for him to be on the rangers show And but I don't know what the status is with that. Got it. Okay. I, I'm waiting for where Tommy Lee Jones, where Tommy Lee Jones from uh, Molly Cougars <laughs> to show up as Sebastian Stan at some point. In the future. <laughs> that'll right. be funny. Was I doing something wrong, officer? You were flying without a beacon. I'm going to need you to send me a beacon. Oh, your engine model doesn't match the power drive. I'll need to. Uh, I'll yeah. need to. You know, we'll need to have a conversation your, about yeah, this. Yeah, I need to see your registration, please. <laughs> right. I well, don't have that officer, but if you'll uh, just let me take it right back to Moss Eisley to conclude this test flight, I'll get right. I, I'm I'm literally thinking like every teenage boy yes. understands the tone and the direction he's trying to take this conversation at this point. Yeah, right. Yeah. The older uh, officer, <laughs> the X-wing pilot says, "Oh, we can let him off without a warning." But one one more thing before you go, your voice is familiar. Do you ever fly the Razor Crest? That no, shit. sir. I, no, sir. I think you have me confused with someone else. <laughs> that, that, that shit matched up with some imperial remnants, 
And then, of course, he just punches it. He uses the nitrous, uh, oh, <laughs> you know. It was so blows him away. sweet. So great. Yeah. No, then, that's the, the sublight thrusters. Was, was so great. Like, do you really want to go back and do paperwork on this, or do you just want to fly on and pretend it didn't happen? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Let's fly on and pretend it didn't happen. That's right. Let's go get some space donuts. Mando makes it back to, to Moss Eisley. Um, how was it? Mando gets out. Wizard. Yeah, that's a that's a episode another, one. Yeah, back. another Phantom, Phantom One or Phantom is, Menace callback there. That's Kidster. Yeah. Kidster. Is it Kidster? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Anakin's and, uh, little buddy. And the pod race, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the whole thing. The whole thing is just crazy cool. I just love the whole sequence. Um, well, there there was so much. I mean, great. it's so hard to not talk about everything that's going on, but even when they're building it and they're finally starting it up, Steve, you mentioned they, it won't start up. Mm. It's the whole Millennium Falcon where it won't crank over. It's a right. It's doing that, and I'm like, oh, God, everything is a callback in this, and I love it. We're it's back perfect. to the used universe. Yes. We're back to Star Wars. Tell no more me. zippers. Yeah. Tell me when he flipped the nitrous on that thing and, oh, and yeah. jumped like basically into sub light speed. You want to see that in the Mandalorian with baby Yoda or, or Grogu up in the bubble where the R2 yeah, unit would be. be screaming, yeah. doing his little, yeah. you know, and then puking all over the window. One last <laughs> little bit here. Fennec Shand is waiting for, for uh, Din when he returns and uh, says, are you looking for work? We need muscle. Uh, and uh, Din says, you know, uh, no, I don't need payment. It's on the house. But first, I need to visit a little friend. Yeah. And credits. I so, love it, but I want to throw something out because the mechanic was very upset that the droid didn't activate the security system, like uh, she said. And I'm just going to throw out, it's Fennec Shan. Don't think it matters if the security system was activated or not. So let's yeah. not just, let's not persecute the droid unnecessarily here. <laughs> right. I don't think she realizes who that is. I, I know. I'm trying. I'm trying to look out for the droid in this particular instance. I don't. I don't think that's a fair expectation. That's right, because the droid she's ripping on is R five D four, right? He wasn't he the one that was supposed to activate? Well, he uh, has oh. a bad motivator. We've established that. So why would he do anything that he's asked to do? Did you notice that they actually have the hole still mm-hmm. in the head in yeah. the back where <laughs> from where it, from so- where it blew out? Yeah, so great. Back in 1977. Yeah. I love it. I just leave that hole there. We're good. All right, real quick. Got to talk about the helmet issue. I mentioned yeah. it earlier, and I want to talk about this really quick. Um, our, our good friend of the show, um, Mark, who uh, doubles as a docent up at Rancho Obi-Wan, was uh, reaching out to me today and he first of all he said it's odd that my favorite episode of the book of Boba Fett doesn't have any Boba Fett in it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we've already covered that. But he he made a good observation. He says um I think Mando gets it right with Mando leaving the helmet on. Boba Fett takes his helmet off all the time and it drives me crazy. And then he says there was a rumor that Pedro Pascal was leaving Mando because he wasn't getting enough camera FaceTime. I doubt that's true. But it's om- but it almost seems like it's an overcorrection with Boba, and it, it occurred to me that that was bothering me too. It didn't really crystallize until I read Mark's comments here. Um, so thanks, Mark, for 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 reaching out. What do yeah. you guys think about it? Did have you noticed that at all? I feel like every chance they get, um, they're taking Boba Fett's helmet off and letting. Um, letting Tomorrow. him speak yeah, I, I, Tamara I Morrison have some more camera Boba, time. Boba without the helmet than with the helmet. And um, I, yeah, I see your point because, you know, yeah. we want to see the Mandalorian armor. I mean, even when they had um, Katie Sackoff and Bo-Katan, that, that whole story arc, they had their helmets as much on as off, I think. I think it was right. probably a, 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 an equal amount of screen time because there was a lot of fighting and stuff they were doing. Yeah. Um, you know, there we haven't seen as many of the straight up battle sequences other than him being ambushed, which makes sense why he doesn't have his helmet on. Um, but I think it is a miss in the show. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. There's a there's a few missteps and that's probably one of them. That's a good point. I, I have I happen to agree with Greg on this and you, Steve and Mark. But anytime I see him with the helmet on, I'm more excited for those scenes. It just even though the, the armor and the costume has changed quite a bit. I still like it. I like inc- the incorporation of 
uh, uh, the sand people, the Tuscan Raider mm-hmm. uh, skirt and all that stuff kind of added into the armor. But yeah, he's always walking around without that helmet. And it, it does kind of bug me. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm this, a little mixed on it because I think it's, it's a little bit overdone, but at the same time, as, as I, as we, we, we talked about in the last couple shows, Timur Morrison has this look on his face when he's, kicking ass on someone that is so intense and it's kind of fun to see that um but like greg said know. in a moment where he's being ambushed and it makes sense that he doesn't have his helmet on right because he's having a, a walk through with fennec shan i get it and then you get that moment where you get to see his actual like reactions and all that stuff during that moment and he is he's intense man like the, the dude's what like 60 something years old and he's kicking ass like yeah crazy everyone made fun of him and when he appeared uh to get his armor in the mandalorian but like being overweight old and all that i'm like i don't know those scenes in that i I get what they're saying and it was funny but it's also like son of a bitch it's the boba fett i've always wanted to see in action just like just fighting and taking down stormtroopers and just being a badass and then on this show we just get to see him all the time and not mm-hmm. the action or the, the Mandalorian armor all the time. So I don't know. I think there's a better trade-off that they should be looking at there. So I don't uh, know if it's going to go to a season two. Is it? Is it just like a. So, so this is my, my, my question that I also have because they haven't actually said there's going to be a Mandalorian season three. Mm-hmm. If I recall correctly, they're, they're no, kind of, they, they have, they have, no, they, they're, but, they have, yeah. but hang on, just hear where I'm going with it. Okay. Okay. When you, t- when you have a series of books, the books aren't always like the Lord of the Rings book one. Yes. Right? You have the Fellowship of the Ring, the Two Towers, and Return of the King. Gotcha. And I'm, I'm kind of wondering if what Mandal- Mandalorian Season 3, and I'm going to put it in air quotes for purpose of my theory here. Sure. If that's not going to have a different title. That in some ways we've hmm. like, oh, we had the Mandalorian, Chapter one, Book 1, Mandalorian Book 2. Now we've had the Book of Boba Fett now is what comes after the book of Boba Fett, a continuation of this story and these characters. Is it going to have a different title than the Mandalorian, but it's still going to have this cast of characters that we've now developed across three seasons of television, Hmm. but perhaps be called something else. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, And I like, I like letting Greg just shit all over my ideas because this is what he does. If they had subtitles, like, like, I guess a subtitle, not subtitles on the screen. If they had a subtitle for each season, I I could see that. Um, But I I, I don't know that, I don't know you would call it, you know, the Mandalorian show. I don't know if you would call it something else. You know what I mean? I I, I I do. I'm just. It's like the Ewok movie, A Caravan of Courage, you know? And, and. (laughs) Why do you have to, you always have to go there, man. There's something with you in that show. It hurts, Mace. It hurts. I will say this in defense of what Dave is saying, um, and this might, you know, sound weird and off-putting to uh, some of my co-hosts here, but um, they do that exact thing in anime and anime series a lot, um, where the second, third, fourth, fifth series will be uh, titled different than the first. But it's always like Cowboy Bebop, this time we're not animated, you know, it's something like that, right? <laughs> the book of Cowboy Bebop. Book just, of Cowboy Bebop. Hang on a second. It, it, hey, hold on one second. There we go. All right, <coughs> continue. Sorry, it was just a random, random thought that I had earlier today, and I wanted to share it with the group to see if you liked it or if you wanted to take crap all over it. I'm well, would it be like would it be like the Mandalorian and then a subtitle? Perhaps, yes. Sort of like a Star Wars story. Yeah. Mandalorian Season 3, The Book of Boba Fett. I heard a juicy rumor today. Let's hear it. That, so we've got two episodes left, right? Two episodes left to go. That the end of the the end credit stinger at the end of The Book of Boba Fett will be a full trailer for the Obi-Wan series. That makes All sense. Right. That could make sense. I would like to see it. Mm-hmm. They're in the right place geographically. Is is that the next one coming out? Mm-hmm. 
Obi-Wan? They haven't announced if it's that or Cassian Andor. I don't know which no. one of those is coming next. I mean, it's oh. all in this similar timeline. Cassian I, is I a don't little earlier, I don't, right? I don't, I don't remember what type of droids they were, but the K2SO droid uh, was seen during the siege on Mandalore. Yes, it was. There. Mm -hmm. uh, along with probe droids. Probe droids, ones. that was great. Oh my yeah, god. That was, that was a great. freaky looking shot, by the way. Oh, great. And I think shot. that was the first live action Mandalore we've had in the Star Wars universe. Because it's been in the Clone Wars, obviously, but the first live action that we've seen. Yeah. Yes. Another great wallpaper shot. When, yeah. When, when the K2SO droids are walking in and all the carnage is happening, that's just a great shot, too. And, and I forget what they're called Defender droids I or whatever know. the fuck they are. Scott, what are those called? Anybody? No, no, no. no? The, no? Okay. The K2SO droid? Yeah. Uh, K2SO is the call name, but I don't know what kind of droid it is. All right. They're the Allen Tudix, is what they are. The Allen if, if you know what kind of droid that is, give us a call at the Reginald Hive Hotline, and we want to hear from you at 562 455 4483. That's 562 455 Hive. That's H I V E, in case you can't spell Hive. You got him right. Have a great week, everybody. We're really enjoying this weekly show. Uh, we will be back next week with Chapter 6 of the Book of Boba Fett Season 1. Until then, have a wonderful week, and may the Force be with us all. KX, Series Security Troy.